Sagittarian Matters Social Distancing Studios in sunny Los Angeles, California. In the midst of a quarantine, we hosted a live episode on Zoom with friend of the show Michelle T, fan favorite Beth Pickens, plus commentary from producer Chris Sutton and live music by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. I was in my living room, changing producer Ponyo's hat fashions as the talk went on, and though I tried, I could not figure out how to allow captions during our live broadcast. However, we will be posting a video version that we recorded with captions provided by friend of the show, Will Betke Brunswick. So, please enjoy audio from our very first live Zoom episode with Michelle T., Beth Pickens, Chris Sutton, and Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs, and stay tuned for a future one with more VIPs, MVPs from Sagittarian Matters. Nicole J. Georges. I'm a queer, feminist, vegan cartoonist from Portland, Oregon, currently living in Los Angeles with my half-blind chihuahua, Ponyo Georges. This is Sagittarian Matters. Capricorn Matters, Capricorn Matters, what's the matter? We'll fix it for you. I am here to introduce you to everyone one at a time. Producer Ponyo is here. Producer Chris Sutton is here. We have very special helper Will. Uh, we have Beth Piggins and Michelle T. We'll get to them in a little while. But producer Chris, what's up with you? Hi. Uh, everything's fine. Just hanging out in the basement, you know. Like uh, I don't know. I feel like John Goodman in that one weird movie. That uh, what was that movie? It's like a Cloverfield. That's right. So it's kind of like that, except, I mean, I'm only work in the basement, but I, I, I do hang out in the rest of the house, too. It's okay. Producer Chris, have you been eating anything in particular? Do you have any favorite COVID snacks? Well, um, let's see. So in my household, like the entire, everything we eat is based on the diet of one person who happens to be two and a half years old and doesn't have like the most uh advanced palate per se you know mainly just kind of like basic basic like bananas fruits peanut butter bread it's, it's pretty simple i enjoy it personally uh but i have to say it, it's not very diverse it's pretty much a bomba peanut butter puffs from trader joe's uh butter salt sugar starting to uh slip in there but it's mainly just pasta and yogurt that's about it Producer Chris. Braggs is huge also. Braggs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's your Portland baby. Yeah, that's the, that's all we do up here. Yeah. Have you been doing anything in particular to keep your sanity as much as you can during these times? Well, luckily, like, I have a lot of projects still. I mean, the one thing, the joke I've been telling all my friends is that, like, so a lot of people have, like, you know, unfortunately lost their jobs or they're not able to work during this whole thing and, like, whatever. The thing is, like, what happened to me is that, like, I have more projects than I ever had before. 
So I don't really have the COVID uh, like anxiety breakdown that a lot of my friends are having because I still have all the stuff to take, kind of take care of. So that's that's been a blessing actually. Oh, I'm so, well, I'm so happy that we have a project we can do together. Oh yeah, totally. Oh no, this is like completely like, I mean, I, I might even have it. I might even have COVID right now, but this is completely <laughs> worth it. Um, Will, you joined us with the hopes of closed captioning. And yet I could not figure out how to let you screen share without taking over the whole screen, nor how to add closed captioning after I had set up this meeting. So what we're gonna do, if you're willing to unmute yourself, you can tell us your plan. My plan is to um, transcribe this podcast episode visually uh, after, after the fact. And so when, since Nicole's recording it now, um, then I can uh, add subtitles later, add a transcription. And so we'll post the video with the subtitles later. Will, how can people find you on the World Wide Web if they want to know more about you? Um, you can find my Instagram at transboycomics, or you can Google my name, Will Becky Brunswick, and see my website. Excellent. Thanks, Will. Thank you. Sorry, everybody. I could not figure out the appropriate security features plus screen sharing plus captions after I set up the meeting. Um, I want to introduce our guests. We have a lot of advice questions to get to. Our first guest is Michelle T, friend of the show. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Can you tell us where you are, how long you've been in quarantine, and how's it going? Um, I'm in Glendale, California. I think this is a hard two weeks of quarantine, or is it three weeks of quarantine? I'm a little confused. Um, and it, I think it's actually mostly going well because I do spend most of my days in the house anyway, working. So in a lot of ways, things haven't changed, but then I'll suddenly, something will hit me like during a, like a weird moment, I'll just be like getting in the shower and then I'm suddenly shook. I'm like, this is not normal. This is really, this is this is deeply serious and strange and weird. Like, like, are, like, how will we all, like what's gonna happen to us at the end of it? Like it made me think about like when people went on Sister Spit in the nineties and it was just like survival conditions for one month and people just like sleeping on floors. And but when people got off tour, instead of just like rushing back out and being like, yay, luxury and showers, like people were really feral and like wanting to sleep on their floor and like not shower, like messed up people's minds. And so I'm just curious about how our minds are going to be messed up after this. We're going to be like, we can go out again, but never mind. You know, like, just it's been too long. I kind of lost it. I'm off my going outside game. I'm just going to stay here. I feel that I'm thriving right now in a couple of ways. And mm. those ways are, I'm thriving in the way that my food hoarding is really paying off. What's paying off? My food hoarding tendency. <laughs> the things that you've been making fun of me for, for years. Yeah. Um, like squirreling away things, having a lot of protein pasta that I acquired for the podcast. Oh my God. All that stuff. Like I actually have double hordes. So normally I'm pretty hoarded up and now I have like bonus hordes of things like in my cupboards, under the bench, in the closet, like boxes full of oat milk, like oil, whatever things I think I might need. A lot of coffee because I have a fear that the coffee, the coffee roasters will have to close. I don't know. I'm on my last bag of like, you know, like you acquire these weird coffees that you shove in your freezer for a time like this. I get this is, yeah. So I'm on my last bag of this like weird Pete's blend that's been in my freezer 
for a while. Here's and, my, uh, hmm? my hot tip is I have that coffee that I label bad coffee. Uh-huh. And I made cold brew with it. You're a genius. You've always been a coffee genius. You'll always be a coffee genius. But um, I, I felt like not too stressed because, I mean, really, even though I'm like so obsessed with coffee and people sometimes think that that must mean that like I'm a coffee snob. They're like, oh, what beans do you have? Because they know I love coffee. And I'm like, I'm just an alcoholic and I like to get high. I My preferred <laughs> bean is like Trader Joe's French roast with like the fake French people like waltzing by the Metro on the label. So I, you know, I don't really care, but I'm, I'm used to that one. And I'm, I will not go into a, a Trader Joe's right now because it seems like such a hellscape. But there's a Whole Foods near my house and they did, every time I've gone by, they've had a lot of coffee. So I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to have a scarcity freak out until I really need to. Well, I want to let you know that if you happen to go to Lassen's in Los Angeles, it is like an influencer death trap full of Coachella Fire Festival rejects that cannot understand what six feet, let alone six inches is, that like wait. 400 feet away from each other to get in. And then they're just on your ass the whole time. And yesterday a girl was using her cart to be like, get away from me. <laughs> because people were getting so close just to be like, I'm trying to get my probiotics or whatever. <laughs> I want to introduce our next guest. Um, Carolyn, can you give me a moment of Capricorn bumper music for our next guest? Who's going to join Michelle and I in answering some advice questions. Beth Pickens, fan favorite, friend of the show, esteemed Capricorn, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. Hearing that theme song that Carolyn whipped out tonight is like pandemic highlight for me. Uh, it, was, it was a long time in the making, but we got a Capricorn Matters theme song for you. It was so I'm, I'm here to fix anyone and everyone. We have a lot of advice questions, but Beth, do you have a, what's the weirdest thing you've eaten during the quarantine? Oh man. I mean, in my house, we'll eat anything that's not bolted to the floor, apparently. So the strangest thing that I've eaten, you know, it's all pretty normal repertoire right now. I have a fear of not having enough vegetables. So I'm actually eating more vegetables than I normally would. I'm also eating more meals in a day than I normally do. And just today I realized I'm not really doing much. I'm not expending that much energy. So I don't need to keep fear eating. There's plenty of food and I'm not going anywhere. So I'm not like expending tons of energy. So I'm going to slow my roll a bit. You've been having like the Hobbit meal cycle of like- Elevensies, twelvesies. I mean, you just like name an hour and I'm like, oh, what am I going to cook? Are there beans? I'm having a little bit of scarcity because I'm almost out of my Legusta's chocolates. And when that's done, I don't know what I'm going to- I don't know what I'm, where I'm going from there. Um, Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs, you are somebody who's been with the podcast since the very beginning. You uh, you gave us our theme music. Can you tell us how are you doing in quarantine and where are you? Um, yeah, I'm doing, I mean, I'm embarrassingly comfortable, I guess, in quarantine. Um, I've been uh, taking care of a newborn baby since February 12th. So this is just kind of like the same. Like I brushed my hair today, which was huge and took a long time. <laughs> yeah. There were some critters living in it and yeah. Thanks oh. for this excuse. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. Thank oh, you for yeah. the music forever and for the new song. Oh, my pleasure. And just holler when you need those interstitials. 
Well, we are to Aquarius. Aquarius, yes. Oh, Neptune's Aquarian matters. No, I, I always wanted an Aquarian child. Their lives are better. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you lucked out. Spe speaking as an Aquarius, you're going to have a good time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're Aquarius. There's a lot of Aquarians here. Mm -hmm. Interstitial music to take us to advice. Yes. Okay, advice. So, Michelle and Beth, you are two of our regulars who I always like talking to. The last time we talked, we were all sitting very close together on a couch. We could have been spreading Corona yeah. back. Who knows? Mm -hmm. um, I have a couple a couple updates before we start. One is Tiger King has coronavirus. I found out. <gasps> group chat. Sorry to say or not. Um, but the other thing I want to say is uh, the baby squirrel that I had last week is currently living his life, living his best life at a wildlife rehab center. He's in rehab right now in Malibu, living his like BoJack best. And he might get returned to the tree outside of my house in three months. So stay tuned. But in other news, the giant squirrels that I was feeding outside of my kitchen window have returned. And I'm afraid to give them one of those little picnic benches everyone's been sending me because they'll use it to bash in the doors of the um, bird feeder and just have better access. Okay. The first question, we have a couple romance questions for you. Are you equipped? Beth, I know romance is your special. Yeah, I, I'm not a very romantic person, but I'll do my best. <laughs> Dear Sagittarian Matters, my question is a little lengthy. I've entered my late 30s. I haven't dated in about five years, and I haven't ever had a relationship aside from the one boyfriend I had in high school for three months. How does someone even start to look again when online dating is so fucking exhausting? From Exhausted in Alaska. Hmm. I mean, I think you just got to jump in. I mean, you know, you can't, no one's going to just send you an engraved invitation to, to Tinder. You just got to do it. Um, it is exhausting. I don't know. I mean, hmm. You got to swipe a lot of frogs. What? You got to swipe a lot of frogs. You do really have to kiss a lot of toads before you get your your prince, princess, whatever gender to royalty that you're looking for. I feel like, um, since it's been such a long time since you've dated, like maybe you want to look at the underlying reasons for that, you know, and like kind of dig a little deep and like crack into like, what are you afraid of? Like what, you know, what's, what's the psychological underpinnings and kind of get a little comfy and familiar with those. And then that might help you feel a little freer to take more chances. Maybe it won't be quite so exhausting. Um, maybe there's a way to make it inspiring and fun. Um, a lot of people think it's fun to date. So is there a way to get some of the pressure off of it? Like you're not looking, you know, for your life partner, you're just looking to like connect with somebody who's interesting and have a few yucks, like yuckles, like chuckles, like laughter. Beth Pickens? You yucks. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I think it's good to remember the world is big and there's a lot of people. And sometimes we can feel like I'll never meet anyone I like or the Cause we can feel like the world is small and we know everybody we're ever going to know, or we know everyone we're ever going to love or like, but the world is really, really big. There's a lot of people to, to like, to have fun with, to enjoy, to fall in love with maybe. So first of all, just like kind of approaching it with a sense of who knows what will happen? Just who knows? Because there's so many people in the world. Also, I think a good place to start to sort of add to diving into online things 
is just make sure you're sort of doing a lot of things in, in the world that you enjoy that involve other people so that you're in contact with people who like to do similar things as you, because I think that can be a really good way to find people that maybe you're interested in to date and you meet them in other ways too. So think about ways that you can engage lots of different kinds of people through what you love, as well as doing apps. I mean, I, I, I got hitched before the before the apps started, and even then, before then, I I didn't have any social media presence. So that the idea of like doing it with apps is overwhelming to me too. But I do think it's possible to meet people that could be some good matches for you through doing the things that you love in the world. I think that's fair. I have um, I have a more work. Well, I have a work one, but I have one more. Dear Sad Sherry Matters, how serious can I take what my forever crush writes me during this apocalypse? I say no. <laughs> I think people have apocalypse goggles, proceed with caution, and people will text lots of things that never manifest in real life. So be wary of people who just want to waste your time over text with this added like shield that they seriously can't be near you. Yeah, this seriously seems like it could be an intriguer's dream. You know, people who are like serial intriguers where they just like, they like the song of like, maybe something's going to happen. I'm going to flirt and like, do get some attention, but like they can never take it to the next level. Like this is their dream. So yeah, I would watch out for that. That's good advice. Michelle, will you define again what an intrigue and an intriguer would be? An intrigue is when it's it, it feels like it's leading to something romantic. Like you're getting some positive attention, you're giving some positive attention. It's usually through texting or messaging and um, it's, it's very flirty and yet it doesn't seem to proceed. And maybe it's not proceeding because someone's attached. There's often, you know, something a little bit diabolical happening or sometimes, you know, someone's maybe not free, shouldn't really be doing it, but they are. But then I think some people just um, due to whatever issues they might have just really love intriguing and they don't want to take it to the next level. But if you're like, a person who is open and really wants to connect, it can feel really frustrating because you're like, this person clearly likes me. They're giving me all this attention. Like, why can't we like go for coffee or a walk or something? And then it just like never really happens. It's an intrigue. They're good for the ego sometimes, but then conversely terrible also for the ego other times. Dear Sagittarian Matters, please help. My mental health is in the trash and I'm working through the apocalypse. I work in healthcare. How do I take care of myself with a boss who isn't taking this seriously? Please help. Um, well, first of all, alarm bells that you have a boss in healthcare not taking this seriously, that's frightening. And I wonder if there's any recourse immediately with anybody else in the institution where you work that can address your boss not taking this seriously. So that's like a side note. I don't obviously have enough detail to know what's going on. But how you take care of yourself when you're in the front lines of anything and people working in healthcare are like on the front lines, um, to use that war metaphor. And it's like one fucking day at a time. It is extremely one day at a time. And you might have to find the things that are available to you. The ways in which you normally take care of yourself might not all be available, but it's important to check to see what is still available that helps keep you grounded that helps you take care of your body and your interior and your relationships to the best of your ability one day at a time and to let yourself off the hook for the ways in which you can't. Sort of like everybody I think could really benefit from reducing their expectations from here to here of themselves and what we think we should be doing or how we should be showing up or performing in every part of life. But with a super high stress job, 
that's even under epic duress right now. It's really just every single day, what's available to you? And are there ways in which you can scale back anything that you're giving that you don't need to be giving in any part of your life to return that and restore it to you? Beth, I have one follow-up question, but will you hold your microphone thing away from your beautiful hair? Oh, thank you. Um, my question is, can you talk really quick? You just mentioned this about reducing your expectations on yourself. You said this on the podcast last week, but I feel like I keep hearing people putting themselves under the same pressure right now that they would if they were at an art residency, which is not what's happening. No, no, no. You, nobody has to, everybody who's here tonight, you do not have to be productive. Nobody has to be productive. You don't have to get anything done during quarantine. If, if you get to the other side of this and you've taken care of yourself to the best of your ability and you haven't killed anyone in your household, you won. That's all you had to do. That's it. Really low, minimal expectations. We're not like all this extra time we have. It's not because it's cool free time. It's not because this it's not like a gift of time. It might feel like a gift from day to day, but we're quarantined and have extra time if, if we're not in jobs that are still operating out in the world because there's a global pandemic not the same as free time. So, so I just want everyone in the world to sort of be released from the, from the relentless striving that modernity expects of us. You don't have to get anything done. Some days getting things done might feel like a nice reprieve, but if it doesn't, that's okay. Michelle? I, yeah, I love that so much. We, when I first got sober and um, I was really overwhelmed by basic functions all the time, my um, sponsor at the time was like, you only have to do three things every day. One of those things is, can be a shower. One of those things can be making a phone call. And I've been sober for 17 years, but sometimes there's just time days that are really stressful. And I'm like, this is one of those days where I only have to do three things. And I made a pot of coffee and that's one of them. Like you get to decide what those three things are. And I think, I, I think that every, it's really nice to always remind ourselves that like, we don't need to earn our existence by being productive. Like that's, I mean, the, the reason we all think that is capitalism. I mean, in general, I think it's fun to produce and it's fun to create and certain people have more or in less of a drive to do those things, but like the immense pressure and then everything Beth said, just like to feel that immense pressure during a time when also like our psyches and our subconscious are totally working through all of this, like fear and overwhelm that like, even if it's not in the forefront of our minds, it's back there and it's influencing us. Like I'm exhausted today. I barely, haven't really done very much, but it's just a day where I'm feeling really fatigued. So I think being gentle with yourself, I do want to say, especially for this, this person who specifically works in the mental health field, um, I bought an online workshop called Somatic Coping for Stress from one of my favorite people on, on Instagram, um, Andrea Glick. She, her handle is Somatic Witch. And it's really cool. And it just explains um, our nervous system and stress, which I love learning about. And it's, it's a really deep dive into things you can do to self-regulate when you're super stressed out. And um, I think because, you know, she herself is a, is a therapist, there's a sort of shout outs. Like, I feel like she made it a little bit with their other therapists in mind and people who are taking on a lot of other people's stress due to their work. So I really recommend it. I, I thought it was awesome. Um, so yeah, somatic coping for stress. And her her Instagram is really um, very grounding and inspiring too, just in general. Thanks, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to try to give us another romantic question in between. Mm-hmm. Any tips for a terrible flirt trying to flirt by text? How is it done? How to flirt? I've, I've never come to flirted you a day in my life, to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone I've ever been in a relationship with just sort of was like, 
hey, we're in a relationship. And I was like, okay. Um, you know, the quickest way to my heart is making me laugh. So that might be, I, and I like really like bleak humor. Um, and so during stressful times of right now, I've really appreciated people sending me sort of the, the like dregs of the internet about the pandemic, like the very worst memes they can find. I don't know if that's your type of humor, but one way to flirt, I think, would be make the other person laugh. Michelle? I agree with that. Yeah, I think when in doubt with a text flirt, send it, send a GIF. Is it a GIF or a GIF? Whatever it is, just send it. Like, if, like especially if they're like weird or like Beth was saying dark. I mean, I subscribe to that way of living as well. So yeah, if you can like weird me out um, with GIFs where I'm just like, where is this coming from? Like, that is really fun for me. Um, but you know, everyone has different kind of flirt, like, you know, everyone is a different person, you know, like some people might just want like really cute, sweet nothings and other people might want you to do like a caveman role play with them on their text message. So it probably has a little bit to do about like, what's your ideal situation? And then you can figure out who you want to match with and like what kind of um, engagement seems like really fun and sexy and inspiring to you. I find that a good animal photo really breaks the ice. You know, nobody's, nobody will like, it's going to ignore the good animal photo. Right. That's kind of like, that's like my version of a thirst trap. <laughs> Being like, oh, look at the dog in a hat. Right. Does that look. mean you're flirting with me all day, every day, Nicole J. Georgian? <laughs> I've been working on this iceberg for a long time. I cannot <laughs> wait for the day when I just grab your arm and say, we're in a relationship. <laughs> um, okay. Chris, do you have anything to add? Carolyn, do you guys have any flirting techniques to add? Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I'm kind of in the same uh, boat as Beth. Um, you know, it's kind of just more about, you know, it's a lot of trying to make somebody laugh for a really long time. And then, but you know, that always doesn't work, you know? And also like just grabbing somebody and telling them their relationship, that doesn't work either. Just <laughs> uh, from firsthand knowledge. So. That doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I I actually have been in the relationship I'm in since before text messaging. Oh wow! It was like <laughs> we only had Friendster. I'm dating I myself. I don't remember how I would flirt on Friendster. I think I would just stalk on Friendster. Maybe yeah. I would I would I would befriend somebody out of nowhere. Yeah. Like I had gone down a weird K hole of their friends of friends of friends of friends, and they'd be like, "Who is this person?" For yeah, I would uh, just give them my Yahoo email address. <laughs> that was my move. If you have an advice question for Sagittarian Matters, call or text our advice hotline, 971-361-9998. Leave a message. We might answer your question on the air, and we promise not to answer the phone. That is a Sagittarian promise that you can take all the way to the bank. Um, Karen, can we have a strum for a new question? Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Dear Sagittarian Matters, how do I find renewed passion for my work when my job is no longer the job I signed up for? I was trying to just get through, but this is going to be a long while and I already feel burnt out. Signed, burned in Virginia. Actually, can you can you reread the beginning? I, I just need to try to understand 
a little bit more. How do I find renewed passion for my work when my job is no longer the job I signed up for? Got I was it. trying to just get through this, but it's going to be a long while and I already feel burned out. Okay. 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 So it's your job. It's your employment. I think sometimes when we are in employment situations that are um, not a good scene and we know we can't do it forever, I think the first thing to do is take stock of, can I leave this job right now? And if this advice question was asked in the pandemic, probably the answer is no. Probably you're not going to go anywhere for a minute, right? Till this till this time passes and there's more clarity about the coming um, economic, I don't even know what to call it, collapse, right? So you're not going to leave it right now. And sometimes we're in jobs that when we take stop, we stop, we realize, okay, I can't leave this right now. I have to do this job right now. And I find it really unmanageable. So how do I make my life more manageable to do the job? And I've been there. I've had jobs where I was like, oh, I cannot do this for long. Are we getting Zoom bombed? No, that was me. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I hit something accidentally and it made Ponyo start talking. Is this now, is this the time that I should show two girls one cup? Should I screen share? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> where, what was that? I don't even remember what I was saying. I was so thrown. I was like, we have a troll. Oh my God. That means we've made it. Where's Michelle? I'm the troll. <laughs> Oh, okay. What I was going to say is um, things that have helped me when I've been in jobs that I knew I couldn't leave, but I was finding kind of unmanageable is just take it. I'm going to repeat myself one day at a time. I had a, I had a job like in an institutional setting where within a month, and I thought this was going to be an awesome job within a month. I was like, Oh fuck, what do I do? I cannot work here, but I couldn't leave right away. And I also wanted to give it some time. And one thing I did was sort of work to change my attitude about the situation and I would start every day at work by just making a gratitude list about that job for that day, just so I could have a slight change in my attitude so that I could be like grateful for whatever was good about the job just for that day. So, and I would promise myself, I'm not going to be here probably in a year. I'm definitely not going to be here in 10 years. I don't know when, how, when I'm going to get to leave this job, but it, this is not the rest of my life. Cause we can do things for a short period of time that we could not possibly do for a lifetime. And so given the landscape of what's happening around you right now, um, advice seeker, I would say work to create the situation to be more manageable for you one day at a time as more information is re revealed about the economics that are going to happen around us. Michelle? Yeah, I, I'm curious about like, is this, does this person, um, is it no longer the job they thought it was because of what's happening in the pandemic and now they're seeing how long we could possibly be in this and that their lousy situation at work could last. It seems like maybe more will be revealed, like just to build on everything Beth was saying about one day at a time, which is super smart advice, but also like it could end up being like when you get like right now is such a crazy extreme time, like nothing is normal. And it seems like it's one of those moments that to make any kind of decision for the future based on what's happening right now might be really like not the, not the best it just might not feel true. And after this is all over, something else might be, you know, true about your job. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. But I also think that we, um, we have so many of the things that we distract ourselves with removed right now that sometimes things that are sort of unmanageable come very glaringly to the surface. And you're like, oh, I guess I actually really have to look at this because I can't do whatever normal things I do to sort of ignore it. Because um, we're just trapped in our homes and in our minds. So 
Good luck. More will be revealed. I have a question from somebody about their partner. And both of you are living with your partners during the pandemic. But really quick, Michelle, I just saw something on Twitter. It was like, watch how this band from LA roughed it by touring the country in a Mercedes Sprinter. And I thought about Sister Spit. And I wonder if you can just tell us really quickly about the Fatowel. And about the oh old, my God. old vintage years of Sister Spit before we stayed in hotels. Yeah, this was early Sister Spit when we... Nobody really had cell phones. We sure didn't. We didn't have credit cards. We really didn't even have a living income. Me and Cindy Anderson, who did it. Um, and we had a van that was like a big Chevy van. And it was sort of a disaster. And it overheated. And it was one of those vans that like, it has like a doghouse. They called it like the big sort of, it's like the molded plastic covering of the dashboard kind of came down in between the two seats. And something was going on under the dashboard. And it would get incredibly hot. Like the van was ultimately, it ultimately caught fire, you know? So that's basically what was happening. It was a slow burn for a start. And we toured in the summer. It was like August. It was so hot. And Cindy Anderson, who always drove the van, because I don't actually drive um, legally, her foot would get so hot that um, she would um, take, take, we also had a cooler full of like ice and we try to keep drinks and snacks and stuff. But by, you know, quickly in the day, it would just turn into melted ice water. So she would like take a shitty towel that she like stole from someplace and like dunk it in the ice and wrap it around her foot in order to use like the gas pedal because the gas pedal was so hot. And it was, I don't know how it became called the foot towel, but it was sort of like, it was like the foot towel, like, the, oh, it was the foot towel, of course, the foot towel. And then we just started calling it the foot towel, I think maybe to make it sound French or less humiliating. And then everything became foot, you know, like the foot tour, my foot armpits, you know, my foot date, you know, our foot show. It was just sort of like a nice thing that you would add onto a word to just kind of, it, to kind of communicate that it was trash and we were stuck with it and we were going hard with it. But then what happened on the, right on the heels of that is the product Febreze oh. was dude, Like there was no Febreze when we had Fatowel and then there was Febreze. And I was like, oh my God, it's like Febreze was made for us in our, our gross van. And I actually called Febreze and, and tried to get them to sponsor Sisters. How many places have you tried to get sponsored Sisters? But Olivia Cruz's low oh God. MTV. No, I just tried to get Olivia to take us on a damn cruise. But I mean, as far as calling a corporation and being like, we are soliciting corporate sponsorship from you, only, only Febreze. And what they did was they sent me a bunch of Febreze branded phone cards, um, which were, you know, were handy. So thanks Febreze, you know, for giving some queer performance artists some phone cards in like 1998. <laughs> It's a wonder any of us survived touring. Because I remember going on the safest of tours and just having yeah. the drum hardware like right next to my head in a speeding van where if literally would have happened like a pothole, it would have just been like, like a shish kebab. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, on the very first Sister Spit tour ever, our van died. Um, the engine cracked. It was beyond repair. This happened at like midnight on the on the like Mississippi Alabama border, and we had no money. I mean, it was so. And we had Eileen Miles with us, which is insane. Like, abs like height of absurdity that Eileen Miles came 
just with us. I mean, just like they're how cool are they? They're like, yeah, they're a bunch of 20 something year old alcoholics, but you know, they're doing it, man. Um, and so we, we spent the rest of the tour, um, traveling in like a budget cargo van with like no seats, yeah. you know? And, and like, that's not legal and it's not legal for a reason. Like there's no seats, there's no seat belts, you know? And I just remember doing this long ass drive from like Chicago to Provincetown, I think. And we were doing it at night and we were just all lined up like little hot dogs, like boop, 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 like across the floor of the cargo van. And when one person rolled, it sort of like made everyone roll. And we, I just felt like we were like hot dogs. We were, um, oh, I have low battery. I'm going to plug my little phone in. Um, I felt like we were like hot dogs at a 7-Eleven, you know, on just kind of rolling, just like on the corrugated metal floor. I feel so happy you survived those times. Thank you. I'm happy I survived and was able to take you <laughs> on a, mar a marginally better one, I guess. And now, you know, and now that it's still, Sister Spit was supposed to like come to LA in March and it got canceled because of COVID, but they're still on the road. And now it's all like queer trans people of color. And yeah, it's awesome. Still, still exists. If anyone ever has questions about JonBenet Ramsey, Michelle and I are now experts from reading yeah. JonBenet true crime story aloud in a sister's bit van uh, during some very long drives. Like if, the entire novel. It was like okay. written by one of the lead cops. So it was yeah. like written in like tough, like the voice, the literary voice, if I may, was like tough, hard boiled, you know, Utah cop. <laughs> Well, somebody tried to bring up Jean Benet and I was like, well, the Boulder PD really bungled that crime scene. Oh, wait, it was Colorado, not Utah. <laughs> I had said so many opinions where I was like, they moved the body. They didn't dust for prints. It was obviously the mother. There was a draft. Pineapple in the stomach. They didn't do with anything. Burke hit her in the head. Well, it's tried to do the really weird you're bringing this up because earlier tonight, I ran across the street to the bodega across the street from my house and I literally bought a can of pineapple. When was the last time I ever ate pineapple? If you didn't know, that was the last bit of food that was in JonBenet's stomach. Pineapple. And it plays large. I'm not being grizzly. I mean, I am, but it also, you know, it was yeah. a big, big clue in the investigation of the pineapple. Wait, we have another question. Carolyn, can we have a, a little bit? Yes, I'm just Carolyn. <laughs> oh, we have to unmute you. I'm going to do a little minor. Asking a question. Oh, thank you. Oops, hold on, I need to admit a couple of people to the room. Dear Sagittarian Matters, my partner and I are three weeks into working from home and quarantining together. I'd like to preface this by saying we normally get along swimmingly. One thing we are struggling to negotiate is how to establish when we are fully hanging out versus just passing through and versus doing our own thing. It feels like we're not communicating well about how much attention we're requesting in any given moment. There's times when we intentionally hang out, but there's lots of other times we float around our apartment ambiguously. Eventually someone makes a bid for connection that doesn't get met and that person gets hurt. It happens to both of us. My partner's very cute and sweet and communication is normally our strong suit. Help Sagittarian matters from hurting in Hartford. Um, well, so Ponyo and I, are used to working from home. So this is less of an issue for us. We know we're hanging out deliberately when I take her for a walk. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, hurting in Hartford, this is totally normal. You're experiencing something millions of people are going through right now, how to cohabitate round the clock, which we don't usually do with our family members, our spouses or our roommates. 
And again, if you can get to the other side of this and nobody's killed anybody else, you've won your couple of the year. Everyone's couple of the year if you get to the other side of this. Um, there's a reason that after the quarantine lifted in China, divorce rates spiked. I would say some, some ground rules are really necessary right now and they'll help you both immensely. And I was reminded when I was listening to the question, in my 20s, I worked at a university women's center. And I was like the office manager, supervisor of all the students. And, um, and this was just like a big open room. And the, the director had an office, but no one else had private space. And people just came up to me all the time. And I'd be trying to concentrate or in the middle of a task. And I'd have somebody come up to me to ask me a question or say hello or try to chat. And it would make me crazy because there was just no physical boundaries. So there could be, there, it was difficult to establish any other kind of boundary. So something that I started doing that helped me in that job that might help you both right now. <laughs> Michelle's trolling again. Michelle, silence yourself. I'm sorry. I have to leave at eight and I, I'm trying to check my clock to make sure I'm not late. But I have the video of Ponyo talking on my computer and I can't figure out. I, I did it. But I'm really sorry. This is a really important question. I really love everything about the saying. Go back. So I just... Pickens, you would be driven crazy by people coming up to ask you questions or just say hi at all hours. Yes. So what I started doing was putting a sign on my desk that just said, I'm not available right now. Right. And, and instructing everyone that even though you can see me and I'm so irresistible and you're dying to ask me a question, when that signs up, it's as if I'm not in front of you. It's as if there's a door closed and locked and I'm just not available. And when I take that sign down, I'm happy to be available. But the only times that you can talk to me when that sign is up is if there's an emergency. So first you have to ask yourself, is this an emergency? And it usually isn't. So you might, you may not want to do something that draconian, but I do recommend that you have really clear parameters around when you're available and not working. Because this is going to be going on for a while. Better to figure out and try out some tactics now than wait till you're about to like stab each other in three weeks. I've always had a hard time with this because there's moments of the day when I'm crabbier than others and it has nothing to do with the people around me. And I always wish, I saw this in a Tessa Brunton comic. When she was a kid, her mom would wear a special hat that meant don't talk to me. It was like the hat of silence. And I always wish when I've lived with partners who've been around them a lot that I could wear that hat, the hat of silence. That was just like, it's not personal. I came out of my room wearing this hat before you even came up to me with your joke or question. Please don't talk to me. I just would prefer to be in my own head right now. That's so cool because I was thinking, listening to this question and listening to Beth talking, it's like, it's like you guys should just make, like these people should just make like paper crowns, like have a little craft night where you make your, your crown of quiet, you know, and you just wear your little paper crown and, and that's that, you know, my, um, my co-star advice horoscope today was to get an emotional safe word. So it's like, Maybe it's like something like that too, where you just can just like announce that you're you're free to talk, you know. And until you've announced that you're free to talk, you're not free to talk. Um, or have like kind of game plan in the morning before you start work, being like, do you get, do you want to have lunch together? Like, do you want to just see each other at five? But like, get a plan together. But it just seems like even though you guys are amazing communicators, that it's just calling. These are bizarre times, and it's calling for like like. Things need to be extra, extra, extra spelled out. And also people are probably extra needy too, you know? So it's sort of like, like 
check your own self. Like, are you feeling extra needy? Is like the, the need to connect with your partner feel extra urgent? Um, are you feeling really lonely and weird and you're craving connection and you're not, you're not even that checked in with it? Um, I feel like I've been starting my days doing like meditation and like literally setting an intention very clearly of like how I want to interact with the people I'm quarantined with. And it's really made a difference the days that I do that and the days that I don't do that. Like the days that I don't do that, I feel like I just enter the day like a weird spinning top and I bump into what I bump into. But the days that I start with like being really, um, like really focused and intentional and giving myself like space to ground into the weird day, it goes better. I have one more advice question for us. Can I add one more thing to that? Oh yeah, go ahead. One more suggestion. One more suggestion would be for, and this is for anybody who's quarantined with any other humans. Um, I think it's really nice that if everyone in the home can have a chance to be totally alone in the home. So maybe you, you take turns taking the dog on the walk or take turns running the brief errands or just going around in the neighborhood for a little while. But just to know that you're totally alone in a space can be, could just like you can heave a huge sigh of relief. I think that's very valuable. I sometimes, yeah, I, I just let Ponyo outside. I just let her outside in the street and, you know, just knock on wood. Dear Sagittarian Matters, my family of origin has been various shades of homophobic in the past decade. It's complicated because though others have told me this is emotional abuse, I still want things to be better and know that their reactions come from an earnest though misguided place. They grieve and try to rescue me from a hell they really believe in. In the past year, I've gotten married and done a lot of reckoning with my gender. I inform my family of this directly as a way to respect them and have them not find out some other way. I also use it as an opportunity to reaffirm my desire to have a relationship with them. I was met with a hate that made me question my safety in a way that I hadn't before in an already strained relationship. So I chose to suspend communication with my family. It was a hard decision that I still feel guilt about, but it's also helped me develop gentler feelings towards myself. Because of COVID, family is now reaching out using my dead name, worrying about my safety because I live in Seattle. Should I stick to my boundary and continue not responding? It feels unfair that they treat me terribly, but then around holidays or in times of crisis, they want me to assure them and participate in their routines as if everything is fine. From Sleepless in Seattle. I mean, I love to give, like, affirm the power of cutting your family off. I think it's absolutely a empowering, important, self-loving, self-protective act to do. Um, whether you do it forever or you do it for a period of time, um, it's another kind of one day at a time thing, right? Like, you don't have to think, like, I'm never going to talk to them again. You can just be like, I'm not talking to them right now. Um and I'm like proud of you that you did that. Like you shouldn't ever feel unsafe. Like we shouldn't have standards for our family of origin that we wouldn't have for friends, lovers, people on the street, you know, um, even though the culture goes against that and we're supposed to, you know, take so much abuse from family because, you know, because they're family. Um, you know, I, I know, I mean, like, I feel like you don't owe them anything. Like you, it's fine for you to stay. I mean, it's, it is a weird time. If there's a way to just be like, I'm alive and I'm fine and I'm not, I'm still not talking to you. Like maybe that's like a happy medium sort of communication. But if that feels too stressful to you, like, I feel like I just, I just want to be hundred percent on your side and your team. And if like, it's too stressful for you to even have that. And if, and if you're just, and if it feels insulting, like you actually don't care about my well being, And now you care if I have COVID is so random, you know, like I get that too. And you don't have to, you don't have to answer them if you don't want to. 
I agree with Michelle. I I agree with everybody. I think yeah, if you if it's weighing on your mind, you know, you could do a couple things. One, you could write out whatever your response would be to them and then just put it in a box somewhere in your room. So you have the feeling of doing it so that it's off your mind. You can just choose to let yourself have have permission to not respond to them. You know, Beth said something in an episode a few episodes ago that was an email is not an obligation. Somebody sending you an email, somebody sending you a text, you're not required to write them back. You don't have to write them back. And the reason could be as simple as, I don't wanna. I just don't feel like it. You don't have to. You have limited time on earth. TikTok, who knows what's going on. Uh, you don't have to spend your time engaging with people that make you feel so unsafe and like you're going to hell, which I totally understand coming from people who also believe in a very literal devil and, and actual cannibalism that's happening at mass every week um, with the body and blood of Christ. Uh, but, you know, if you do feel like you want to reach out, I'm just going to reiterate exactly what Michelle said. It's just some kind of some kind of email if you felt like it before you block them entirely that just says, hi, thanks for your concern. I'm totally fine. I actually still don't want to talk because it makes me so uncomfortable that X, Y, Z. Um, I hope you stay safe and healthy. Bye. And then you could block them if you want to or send all of their emails to like a special folder that you don't have to look at for like six months from now. I know that I developed a strategy at some point to have like my partners or whoever read texts or emails from my family of origin and then just tell me if there was anything in the text or email that I needed to know. And if there wasn't, then I, and I had a buffer. So I knew, you know, is, I'm, I'm not a surgeon. I'm not 911. Usually there's never anything that people actually need me for. If they're calling me with a crisis, usually they can call 911. Just like in every, we you know when you hear those phone things, like when you call animal control or the vet or your therapist, it's like, if this is an emergency, call 911. Same. You're not actually going to be able to go give your parents like a heart transplant or something. So they might want to tell you something, but they don't have to tell you pretty much anything. I think that's it. Um, we only have Michelle for another nine minutes. So if anyone has a question, if you go down to, I think, participants or something, you can find a way to raise your hand digitally. There's a, a button that says raise hand. And if you raise your hand, if anyone has a question, an advice question, a general question, a hello question for any of our guests, please do ask it. In the meantime, Carolyn and Chris, how's it going over there? Great. Um, I wanna remind people if they want to donate to, um, if you wanna donate, if you wanna pitch in anything for the incredible entertainment and costume changes you've seen this evening, you can Venmo Queen Wolverine, that's me, or PayPal, Nicole J. Georges at gmail.com. The money will get split up between performers, producers, and K-Town for All, which is a nonprofit in LA that um, helps out people in Los Angeles who are experiencing homelessness right now. We found out about them through Beth Pickens. Beth Pickens, can you quickly tell us your best idea for helping the community during this time that you just employed last week? Oh yeah, I did this, I did this thing that was pretty simple and, and effective. Um, I'm really concerned about the collapse of the restaurant industry and all the people who have these small businesses and all the people they employ. Um, and so I had this idea of raising a little bit of money and taking that money to independently owned restaurants in Los Angeles, buying big meals and having those delivered to specific people around LA. So 
I, I set out to raise $2,000 and I, people were very generous and I raised like 5,800 and we fed 400 people at a hospital. We fed uh, 50 plus workers at a grocery store and we're feeding a um, hundred people two times who are in the streets in Koreatown of Los Angeles. And so people just pay, they just Venmoed me money. Um, and I had people on social media sort of vouch for me. Like I'm not a creep who's going to take your money and not do the right thing with it. And then people gave as little as $3, as much as $200. And once I hit a certain amount, I just started ordering food. And it was really great. Excellent. Um, Michelle, how can people find you and what are you up to? Um, people can find, the best place to find me right now is on Instagram at this is your magic. This is your magic. Um, and it's, and that is like a mystical tarot centric, like project that I'm doing where we were doing live shows in LA, but obviously those have been curtailed. Um, and we have a podcast, you know, in the works that is slowed down now with everything. So I'm just going on there a lot and like put posting content and I'm going live pretty much every night at eight o'clock, um, either doing live tarot readings or hanging out with someone like last night, I hung out with my breathwork teacher, Tara Horton. And we talked about like, what is the psychedelic experience that is breathwork? So. Excellent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I want to tell people one more thing, which is that we were going to have closed captioning, but at the last minute screen sharing plus security measures, plus me not understanding some of the things on my own zoom room, made it so that we have to have the closed captions added later to a video version of this, which I will be posting for people to find. I see there's a cat waving at us um, in case in case anybody can't see it. Uh, Carolyn, will you play us out? Uh, in one second, Chris Sutton, I want to say thank you to you for your production work. Thank you. Thank you for your, your general pod work. Thank Beth and Michelle. You guys are always awesome. Two of the best ever. You guys were requested by producer Chris. Producer I love producer Chris. I had all kinds of lofty ideas. He was like, we need to start with the with my faves. We need to start with people that are solid. Oh yeah, there's, there's some heavy hitters. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, producer Chris. We're, we're coming up upon our 200th episode. Yeah, I know, I know. Only 200 episodes. Only 200 weekly episodes, okay. Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for your music for the past four years. Oh, my pleasure. Will you play us out? Do you want the original or the remix? Uh, I think we may have to do the remix for tonight because it's a very special Capricorn evening. So happy. Okay, here we go. Capricorn matters. Capricorn matters. Tell me what's the matter, I'll fix it for you. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.